Welcome to the Gospel Gazing Podcast. My name is Wilson Van Hooser, and I'm the senior pastor of Grace Presbyterian Church in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Today, we are talking about the name of God, Emmanuel. But first, think about this with me. Whenever you're sick, one of the greatest comforts in that moment is for someone just to be there with you. In this single moment, whenever you're sick and you just wish someone was there, it shows us a a, a really important truth that we as humans were meant to live in relationship with others. We need the presence of others in our lives. And this is because we were made to long for the presence of God. Psalm 42 verse 1 says, As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. The psalmist declares here, uh, even as he is in his misery, the, the, the idea of panting, longing. But yet, even in his misery, he longs for the presence of God. He longs for the favor of God. And this psalm, psalm, psalm 42, describes so much of the human experience in this fallen world. And so we actually come back today in this episode, actually on the heels of the text we looked at last time. We come back to Matthew chapter 1, verses 22 to 23, where it says this. All this took place, talking about uh, the the angel visiting Joseph and telling Joseph uh, that this, this baby in the womb of the Virgin Mary, that this is Yahweh in our flesh. So all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, this verse. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And listen to this. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So here's what the Holy Spirit's teaching us through the book, the book of Matthew. The Holy Spirit through Matthew is making a massive statement here. Jesus, who is Yahweh in our flesh, He is the foremost declaration that God is Emmanuel. You see, in the Old Testament, if you really wanted God's presence, then you must go to a back room in a temple in Jerusalem. But that was only allowed for the high priest on the Day of Atonement that happened once a year. It it is true, in one sense, the being of God. He, He is present everywhere. God is spirit, therefore he has no body. And because God is spirit, uh, he is infinite, which means in one sense, his presence is infinite. We read this in Psalm 139 verses 7 through 10 when it says this, where shall I go from your spirit? Where Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me up. So in other words, the the psalmist there in Psalm 139 is saying that God's presence is everywhere. We can't escape him, whether that's good news or bad news. So so there is a 
there's a twofold sense of God's presence. There's a sense in which God is always present everywhere, but there's also the special presence of God where one might especially commune with him. That was what the tabernacle and temple was for. The only way to get into God's special presence was by sacrifice, by atonement. Now, after, let's even go back further into the Old Testament, after Adam and Eve were kicked out of the Garden of Eden, we have always longed for God's presence. Now, this longing that we have for God's presence, it's been twisted and perverted by our sinful nature, which means that we seek to satisfy ourselves with other presences rather than the presence of our God. We we continue to reject the Creator because we feel like the creature can be God for us. We reject God while we cling to our idols. But here's, here's what Christ came to do. Christ has come to free us from our sins and restore us to the special presence of God. Now, this can only happen if Christ is the special presence of God. That's a bold statement. But that's exactly what Matthew is telling us. Jesus, as the Holy Spirit is telling us through Matthew, Jesus is the Emmanuel of Isaiah 7. He is the Old Testament God in our flesh. He is, as John 1.14 says, he is the tabernacle. He is the temple. The Holy Spirit is once again making a massive statement here through the Apostle John. He is saying that God the Son tabernacled among us in a special way, no longer in a tabernacle or temple, but rather by taking on human flesh. Now, this does not mean that Jesus was already a, a normal human man who somehow was deified. That's not what it means. Rather, the Holy Spirit knit together the deity and humanity of Christ in the womb of the Virgin Mary. That God the Son took on real human flesh so that he might be one person in two natures. It's crazy to think about this. These natures, they're not mixed together, they're not confused, they're not divided, and they're not separated. Rather, he is simultaneously truly God and truly man. He is of a reasonable soul and body while also being consubstantial with the Father according to the Godhead. Jesus is not superhuman, nor is he a demigod. He is one and the same Son, and the only begotten of the Father from all eternity, who was also born of the Virgin Mary 2,000 years ago in our history. It is incredible to think about this union between God and man in this one person. You see, what's really important about this is that God became man rather than man becoming God. God must become man if man is to be united to God. This is, this is huge for us to embrace. 
Because the gospel of grace is precisely that. It is the gospel of grace. God initiated the relationship with us. The Father lovingly sent his Son, who lovingly came down and was lovingly united to humanity by the loving Holy Spirit. He he did not wait for us to love him first. Rather, we love because he first loved us. And this is why the name Emmanuel matters. God is not with you because of your commitment to be with him. Rather, he is with you even when you run away. And when you run away, he always brings you back. He brings you back by embracing you just like the father did in the parable of the prodigal son. Even in the Old Testament, like Naomi in the book of Ruth and like Jonah, we, we also have our own times where we run away, but God runs after us by grace. And so the name Emmanuel should actually be great comfort to us. We don't always feel like God is near. We live in an age where we put a primacy on the emotions. But unfortunately, because of our sinful nature, our emotions do not always tell us the full truth. Matter of fact, our emotions are kind of like a bad car engine light. They can often malfunction. Sometimes it can tell us the truth, but they can often malfunction and they can lead us astray. And this is why we can often feel as if God is not near. That's why we must come back to the scriptures again to see and to know that God is always Emmanuel. Malachi 3.6 says, I, the Lord, do not change. And if the Lord is Emmanuel, then he is always Emmanuel, especially when we don't feel like it. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like the sun on a cloudy day. Sometimes it's cloudy, it's raining, and it's cold. It doesn't feel like the sun is near, but we would be really silly to say that somehow on those days the sun has gone away. Well, of of course it hasn't. It's just on the other side of the clouds. This is what we must remember in our own times of despair and anxiety and even spiritual warfare. Everything might feel the opposite, but the reality is this. The reality for the believer is that Christ is always Emmanuel. So this week, Let us hold on to this fact and let us remind others of this as well. If we are united to Jesus through faith, this is always our reality. No matter what our sin and suffering might be, we always have God as Emmanuel, God with us. 